0: Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. Today, I am joined by Paul Alessio from Evolve and Relaunch. He specializes in NLP, hypnotherapy, and personal development. Um, This really was a conversation that I was super intrigued with, you know, if you've listened to the podcast before, you would have heard me talk a bunch about anything to do with mindset, mindfulness, the power of you know your headspace and and our thoughts and and you know listening to guys like Dr. Joe Dispenza and having guests on the show such as Dr. John D. Martini and whatnot. Um, this is an area that I'm really intrigued with, and Paul gave us a really good conversation. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, this chat and I think you guys will get a lot out of it as well. If you do, obviously, please do take a screenshot, share it on Instagram or any social media, share it with a friend. I don't care what you do, but I'd love... For more people to hear this episode and to tune into the podcast, um, hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And a big thank you to Paul for joining me with this conversation. Hopefully, we'll get him back on the show at some point in the near future. But for now, guys, just kick back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Paul. Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, mate. Um, This chat's been one I've been intrigued about, and I think the listeners will take away a lot of value from our conversation today. So firstly, I just wanted to thank you for giving up your time to have a conversation. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm excited to share whatever I can to help everyone. Hundred percent, man. Now, I wanted to to pretty much dive straight in. Um, could you explain to me and to the listeners exactly what NLP is um, in, yeah, in okay. its most, I guess, basic basic form in a way that everyone can understand?
1: Cool. I'll simplify it as much as I can and give you a couple of spin-offs of that answer. NLP really comes from studying what worked and excellence. So the the core idea of NLP is the mindset of curiosity to find out who and how were people getting results and and replicating that. So it's the idea of modeling. So the people that originally started the the idea of NLP, they went and looked for people that were getting results in coaching, in therapy, in different fields and working out exactly how they were using their language, using rapport and the actual things that they did that people can replicate to get results. So. Over the years, that mindset has turned into a whole heap of tools and techniques, which, you know, we teach practitioner training and a few other different courses, but that's the core idea of NLP. NLP, if you look at the language, so the N stands for neuro, which is all about the nervous system and how we encode and take in information from the outside world through our senses. And we delete, distort and generalize that. So no one sees reality as it is. We see our own version of it through the filters we have, and that's all based on our past experiences our beliefs our values uh, you know all of those things change what we're looking at and we actually neuroscience has shown we actually project out what we expect more so than what we actually draw in from the outside world we have a whole heap of different things that happen you know perceptual feel and uh, change blindness and all these things that happen in our nervous system that helps us to create an outside world more so than receive it so that's one component the language component which is the L for neurolinguistic programming is all about how we use the symbology of language to no, you know, give meaning. So your name, my name, they're all things that we've learned over time that we've attached that noise and given it meaning to that means mm-hmm. me, that's who I am as a person. And that's useful, but also can be really unuseful. And so we have triggers. We have all these associations to words that create internal worlds, images, thoughts, emotions that are linked to it. So using a yep. language, if I say I walk down the street and a red car pulled out in front of me and a clown got out with all these balloons, you'd imagine that in your mind as I say it. So my words are, Affecting your internal representation, mm-hmm. what you picture and what you think and feel. Yep. So, language is a very powerful tool. So, we get into deep into that. But then, the programming is how we utilize all of those things I just talked about and how that runs our unconscious actions, behaviors, thought patterns, uh, the way we see the world, all of those things. And if we can utilize the language, we utilize you know, some of the mechanics of how the mind works, we can change all of those things at an unconscious level. And that changes your results in life. So, your behaviors, your actions. Your thinking, and you know, then your outcomes that you get.
0: Incredible. So I'm a big fan um, of neuroscience in general. Like I'm definitely academically not exactly uh, right up there in terms of of understanding all of it, but it it does intrigue me a lot. And, you know, someone that I've taken a lot of content from in terms of learning from is, um, is Dr. Joe Dispenza. Um, I find him super intriguing. Um, I love his work and he talks a lot about, you know, we, we're conditioned um, to our past so, you know, our, our behaviors on a daily basis are conditioned by things that have happened in the past. And we keep replaying the same thing over and over again. And obviously, he, a tool that he uses often is, is meditation. Um, yeah. How big of a role does that play with the kind of work that you do um, in terms of like what are the tools that you can use without obviously giving away all your secrets? What well, the tools that you use to actually yeah. teach the, so- the individual?
1: I love Dr. Joe's work. I've done pretty much every of his advanced training that I could get to before the world shut down. And I've done a lot of other different things as well. One thing I love about his work, he gives really simplistic models to understand how it all kind of works in the background. Um, His meditation is very hypnotic in nature. If you listen to some of his audios, he's doing a very large deal of hypnotic language and stuff involved in it. And so I love what he's getting people to do to get into the present moment to get out of their condition reflexes and into their mind and separate the mind from the body. And one thing I talk about in my training, there's a difference between having a thought and thinking, having a thought is running the same patterns over and over again. You think you're thinking, but you're just replaying the past, replaying the same thought loops, which actually reinforce whatever you're stuck in. But having thinking is actually creating new neurological links. So he's really big on obviously getting you to experience a future self and condition yourself to something you haven't experienced yet. Mm-hmm. And, training your nervous system to adapt to that. So I don't know how much you've looked into, but our cells adapt, you know, all our neurotransmitters, et cetera. The more we experience them, the more we kind of hypertrophy them, if you'd like to call it that. And they adapt to it and they actually crave those stimulus, which is going to wire us to filter reality differently. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's huge components of that in the trainings i run and there's different vehicles to get to the same outcome and one thing that's great about meditation it's going to help you be in the present moment it's going to give you a tool that you can do by yourself and there's millions of different ways to do meditation and mindfulness yeah um one thing that people can get trapped in is if they get stuck in a negative loop or stuck in a negative emotion that can just reinforce it and that actually can sometimes get people what i call stuck in their own shit, yeah they just sit in their own shit a little bit which yeah isn't necessarily useful Mm -hmm. Um, So some of the methods we teach are helping people to shift past emotional baggage to change their perceptions of past events and kind of close those unconscious tabs so that they're not replaying the past. They're freeing their mental, emotional energy from being invested into the past to bring in the present moment so they can take action and create a future they want. So similar methods, but the stuff we teach is more dynamic and, Uh, you know, you do something and you immediately different. You don't take years to maybe get an outcome and some meditations you can get there a little bit faster, a little more actionable. Meditation is like bit hit or miss. Whereas the things that I teach, we go in, we work on something specific and it's different by the end of it. So it's real measurable, you know, by the time you finish technique, if you've got an outcome or not, and what you have to adjust to get them to where they want to go,
0: I know you obviously have a, um a big foot in the door in the health and fitness space and you, and you help out, help out a lot of fitness professionals. So what are some of the typical uh, problems that come up, um, time after time for you in terms of the people that you work with that are quite common?
1: So if you don't mind, I'll share like kind of why I got into what I'm doing.
0: Um,
1: first as a PT, I studied as much as I could for exercise, nutrition, rehab, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. I really specialized in pain management and, you know, was kind of the go-to guy for a while, PT of the year and all that kind of stuff in South Australia for the fitness first I was working through. And, um, what I realized was it didn't matter how good my exercise program was. Didn't matter how good my nutrition plan was. Some clients would stick to it, get a result and some clients would fall off the rails or they'd get a result for a bit and they'd backtrack and sabotage. And I was trying to work out like what was the common factors because it wasn't like necessarily the program I gave them or the recommendations Mm. because they were pretty similar and they would have got a result theoretically. And I realized it was the mindset. Mm -hmm. It was the thinking that was going on. It was the emotions and whether or not I was actually looking at the person, not just the program. And so it's really common that, you know, you think, okay, this is what we need to do awesome but people live in them where they've got lives they've got emotions they've got families friends and all these different contributing factors which once you start peeling the layers back and looking at you know if you can get some wins in that ball court it doesn't really matter about the exercise program or the nutrition plan if they're not like emotionally eating or they're not sabotaging because they've got some trauma around you know looking beautiful or looking sexy and letting people emotionally into their life and they've got a barrier around that They won't then the second they start looking good sabotage it and go off the rails. Yeah. So, you know, that kind of emotional and mental component for me was a game changer once I started working with that with clients and I actually cut down my PT and that's where I went full-time doing this kind of work because I was getting better results outside the gym without having to get people to sweat and do all that kind of stuff too.
0: Incredible. So, what like this kind of you kind of answered the, the question there I guess in a, in a way but like who can benefit most from from your work Do you think every single person in general regardless of what they do or what they've been through in the past what traumas they've had can benefit from from yes. your practices or something along those lines Maybe not maybe not necessarily with you but in general Do you think pretty much everyone has some form of work to do.
1: Yeah. Well, whether or not they've got things they're stuck on that are limiting them or they want to level up and move to another level, there's mm-hmm. always like something, what I, one of my biggest things is, is there's a devil at every level and yep. say you've got this level of achievement in your business. There's another level you can go to. There's this level in your fitness results. It might not be where you want to be. So there's a gap, right? And then you go, okay, well, I'm now at this level. I can lift this much. I look this way. Well, there's a level here that I could get to. Another so level. Whether it's, you know, letting go of what's holding you back, which for a lot of people is where they start people generally come to avoid the nightmare the the thing that they're trapped in the, you know, stuck in the past and all that stuff to start with. They'll tell you what they don't want, not what they want. So a lot of clients to start with are very away from focus. They're running away from the past relationship, the past failure, the past emotional stuff. Um, and that that's good, but that will only get you to a level because if you're only ever running away from that stuff, you are always going to need something bad to happen to get you motivated to move forward. Yeah. So like examples in business, Sometimes people don't start working until they're broke or they're really struggling. They make enough money, they can relax. And then they have to kind of go backwards to get it, get motivated again. Same thing with fitness. Some people put on a certain amount of weight or certain amount of pain in their body. They'll go, Oh, this isn't good. I want to change it. They'll start feeling better or they'll start looking good. And then they lose that, that motivation and it starts going backwards again. So for a lot of people, they come to do my courses or work with me or my coaches uh, and to get away from stuff. But the goal was really to get them to look at a forward focus goal as well. So they've yeah. got, you know, it's that carrot and the stick. They're running away from the stick, but we want them to go towards something they actually want to achieve, like yeah. a forward-focus, a more towards motivation. So they're actually growing. And, you know, instead of just waiting for something bad to happen to move forward again. And so at any level, I think someone will benefit if it's forward or moving away from stuff, there's definitely things to work on.
0: I think that's pretty common and obviously you would see it quite a lot is that even just in people's language and psychology, it's people so often talk about what they don't want or even yeah. like on the on the topic of say manifestation, people constantly like are in their head thinking about what they don't want, focusing on what they don't want, what they're trying to get away from but really putting nowhere near enough thought or or talking enough about what it actually is that they do want. Yeah. So they end up manifesting the shit that they don't want because they're spending so much time associating with that. Is that something yeah. that you see quite often? It's huge.
1: And this is that idea of thinking versus thought. They're running thoughts in their mind and they yep. think they're thinking, but they're just replaying, re-playing. shit they don't want. Mm. And so <laughs> my big tip for that is focus on what versus not. So clients would come in and go, look, uh, I don't want to go home and I don't want to eat uh, Tim Tams or I don't want to get Maccas on the way home. And that's what they don't want. That's their not, okay? And so yep. my reframe is that because you're making a mental picture. And um, one of my jokes in the classroom is like, okay, so imagine not eating a Tim Tam. So you got it in your head, you get a Tim Tam, then you take it out of your mouth. And so you've got that want, but then you take it away, which actually amplifies the desire for it. Yeah. So you're giving yourself in your mind, uh, going through getting that no tasty treat and then you take it away and then you want it more. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of doing the reverse psychology on yourself, which kind of gets you in a trap. So instead of that, you need to give a clear picture to yourself at an unconscious level, because everything we say, everything we think, creates that internal image, which is then coupled with an emotion, then an action. So focus on what you want versus not, okay? So the what would be, uh, I want to focus on going home and eating that meal that I've planned out, my calories, my macros, and, you know, eat that. So you'll go home, you imagine eating that and feeling good. That's Mm -hmm. a different mental image. You're giving yourself a clear signal because you're like the words you say and your mental focus is like the captain and your unconscious mind, the boat, your body is just taking the instructions, taking
0: the instructions. Yeah.
1: You know, so if you're given a, a clear image to your mind of what you want to do and it feels good and you know, you, you congruent about it, it knows what to do. But if you're sending mixed signals of don't do this, you give a green light, red light, and then you feel mm-hmm. good, but you feel bad. That's just creating yeah. a world when your boat's spinning and then it just lands on Tim
0: Tam Island yeah. and you know, <laughs> you're kind of stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I know you mentioned before about the potential um, limiting factors for, say, a client that, again, you might be talking about something to do with food, weight, whatever it is, a yeah. commitment, training, whatever. Um, working with fitness professionals like the coaches themselves, is there certain issues that, that tend to come up quite often there? Maybe it's based around income or whatever it is. Like, What type of stuff do you see in that regard, like on the other, other side of things, not so much the client but the actual trainer?
1: For sure. As for trainers, there's a few limitations that pop up. Obviously COVID has been huge and the limitation of actually being able to work face to face with clients has been massive. And so for a lot of coaches having that non-sweat over the internet availability of being able to coach someone at a different level, you know, it might not be reps and sets. It might be having a chat and unpacking Mm -hmm. some, you know, beliefs, unpacking some emotions and setting some clear goals and unpacking some stuff to help shift them that way. So that's been huge. But a lot of the things that I've noticed in myself and coaching people that have been trainers for years is what they believe is possible for them in the business and their money blocks and limitations. And a lot of people have hang-ups of what they're worth and what they can charge and yep. what's actually possible for them. And when they shift that, and I've had coaches that have cut down their coaching by like a, a fourth and made twice as much money. And you know, not yep. that the money is the ultimate goal, but if they can create more freedom, more time and help people at a different level and feel more rewarded and their clients are getting better results with, half as many sessions well, why not right why not yeah. yeah and so that's been huge and you know just realizing how quickly people can shift um one of the biggest breakthroughs for me were my clients when i started integrating this work into what i did they were telling me our once a month sit down sessions they were getting better results than our two or three times a week pt sessions Wait, for the rest yep. of the month and i go i feel like that one session is better than everything else we do and i go okay shit and they started <laughs> referring me people for that not my yep. pt and i was like okay hold on a sec and then eventually I just kept moving that way because like people that were seeing me for pain, I'd get rid of their pain in one session doing the hypnosis work or something like that versus the exercise. And obviously there's still a place and they needed to get their posture right and, you know, yeah. working and all that stuff. But I just saw a bigger reward. And for a lot of PTs that grind of, you know, getting more sessions, waking yep. up at five o'clock, it's mm-hmm. a, you know, it's a young man's industry or a young woman's industry, you know, and I, I was in it for a long time. And, you know, there comes a point where you have to, something has to give yeah. and being able to open up this whole another stream of working with people that is rewarding, that does get results,
0: is really fantastic for people. Incredible. For someone that has done the work, so let's say a client, a potential client comes to see you, you, you spend X amount of time, I'm not too sure how many sessions you spend with them, but yeah. they've got past their self-limiting beliefs that they came to you for and they feel like they're in a good space. Is that it? Or is it like, is it a constant battle? Is it a constant, um, you know, just like anything else, like you build up strength on your squat and then you need to make sure you're pushing a heavy load to retain the muscle mass and the strength. Like, is it very similar with the work that you do in terms of this stuff that they need to consistently do? Otherwise, again, they fall back. Yeah, so definitely in a couple of different ways. Let me, let me ask this. So someone
1: books in, say, they've got a fear of something, right? We can get that done in in a session or whatever it is. That's done. But what I like to say to people is if you get rid of something, you want to fill that void with something else to focus on. Let's say someone's had a food thing or, you know, fear of something. That's probably taken up a lot of headspace and time and consumed their life and they've built a whole identity around it. So it is nice to then give them some forward focus, new goals, new things to focus on and build that new identity. Because if someone's had pain for a long time, someone's had a weight issue for a substantial amount of time, they've got to relearn to be a new version of them. And so that's going to require new thinking patterns, new behaviors, new actions. And that's where the generative forward-based coaching is really useful. And some clients, you know, they'll book in with a whole heap of stuff to work with me, the first few sessions that's sorted. So we go, okay, great. Now let's not just get away from the nightmare. Let's build the dream and actually start looking at other areas of your life. Cause you know, someone comes for weight loss, but what about relationships? What about career? What about, so we can start broadening out the, mm. the view of where we want to look at, but then also starting to give some challenges and goals because I, I believe if you don't you either evolve by choice or by chance and so yep. a lot of people are operating on chance whatever life's throwing at them they're dodging cars they're getting bumped by this getting bumped by that and they're reacting mm-hmm. and instead of doing that making some choices okay well life's going to bring me challenges anyway do i consciously choose what i want to be challenged by or i'm going to let life just throw these for you at me? yeah and so, so you're going to get a challenge either way so it's whether you choose one you want or one that you know just gets thrown your way because you've got money problems, whether it's too much money, not enough. You got, you know, health problems, whether you're just to get another session in or get off the couch. Cause you're in pain, you've got yeah. relationship problems with for me, like traveling so much and being away from a partner or, you know, you can't get a relationship, you know, so you're going to get challenges. It's like, yeah. what do you want it to be? And what level do you want to
0: play at? You, you touched on, or you briefly mentioned identity there. That's yeah. something that I, th- I think is super important. And, and we've talked about it a fair bit on the show. Let's say, for example, uh, what's an easy example, like an AFL footballer? So, like they, you know, it's very common with professional athletes that the whole identity is wrapped around the fact that they're an athlete. They play sport. People only associate with them because they play sport. That's in their head, that's what they're thinking. So, yeah. have you done much work with, and obviously, this example can um, work for anyone, obviously, but have you worked with many people, such as an athlete, who retires from the sport or has to finish up because of injury or whatever, but they're stuck in this mentality that everything in their life is purely because of the sport that they played. And I guess what steps are people able to take to step away from that identity and, and understand that there is more to to life than, than whatever they've been stuck in for such a long time? Ooh, this is a really great question. I've worked with a couple of elite level athletes and,
1: and that kind of thing too. And that's huge. But I want to zoom out just a bit. Yep. COVID has been huge with this for everyone. Okay, yeah. So the last couple of years... Whenever we identify ourselves with something, like when someone says, who are you or what do you do? If, if you say, I am this and your linguistic representation is and what we call a, I am equals this. So yeah. when you say I am, that means equal. So I am this. You're equating what you do as who you are. Yeah. And that can be useful. And generally, we're going to equate our high values to our identity and we identify with the things that we value the most but there comes a point where that is a struggle. Let's say you're locked down and you can't do what you identify with. Mm -hmm. If you're a dancer and you can't dance anymore, or you're a, you know, football player and you can't get on the field because the world shut down or you're a parent and you can't see your kids. So one of the biggest sort of survival threats we have that's in our perception is going against our identity. We'll do more to live in alignment with what we identify with than pretty much most things. And so this creates a huge psychological, mental, emotional, and physical stress on an individual. So one thing that we look at is um in NLP it's called normalizations. And if you you give yourself a label like that, you've put yourself in a box. This is what you are and mm-hmm. you're kind of trapped. But you're a process, okay? So it's really useful sometimes to zoom out and make a bigger box for yourself. Because if you say yeah. I am a footballer, everything that's not footballer doesn't fit in that. And if you have to do things that are outside that, it feels like not you, you don't feel aligned. Feels either. foreign. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes zooming out and say, well. I play football, football, something I do, but it's not who I am An expanding identity because we need to have an identity, but the more expansive it becomes and the more things you can fit inside of it, the more useful that is as a psychological model to operate as a human being. And I think, especially in times like this where everything's adjusting, everything's, you know, one day is completely different. uh, than the next, you need to, we don't need to do anything, but I find it's very useful to have that expanded model of what you decide yourself is So you're not trapped in an identity that is fixed for a limited amount of time. And then you get to a certain age, you can't do it anymore. You get an injury, then who are you? And everything kind of crumbles away. Um, You know, it's really useful to expand that sense of self, to have it inclusive of the things that you love and you do, but also a bit more broad.
0: Did you, did you find that difficult? Is that something that you had to work through when you went from predominantly coaching people, you know, practically coaching someone in a physical way to all of a sudden working on mindset? Obviously it's a huge shift. Was that yeah. something that you had to work through?
1: Cause I, like, I was in my early twenties when I was really getting good <laughs> at the PT thing and, you know, getting known and you know, teaching trainers around Australia and South Australia and getting sort of sought after. And then when I started transitioning out of that, like my identity had to change. And I've witnessed this with a couple of people I've coached and have gone through my courses, you, you become a business owner, not a trainer. And then it's a whole nother level of thinking and identity. Yeah. Then it's a, an entrepreneur. And then you know you, you kind of have to relearn how to be at that level and how to think and the things that you do because it's it's a whole other world to exist in, and so you know, sometimes under stress people regress and they'll run back to the safety of who they used to be, or the identity of what they know. And so there's different levels of you know, operation that people function at, and if there is like a something like a COVID or something that's a big threat to survival for some people, they'll run back to the last safe identity they played in. Yeah. And cause they know they can live there and it's cool. Like it's like running back to the cave cause you know, you're safe and you know, that has a place, but what would be great is if you could build that neurology that could handle that capacity for, you know, a bigger, expanded version of self. So whatever threats you perceive on the outside, yeah. you can handle, and you can step into that challenge versus run away from. And one thing I call, it, it's like the feeling of growth. We call it the fog. So, you know, stepping yep. into the fog, you get that feeling of growth every time you do. And so, for people, as they expand their identity, it's going to be unknown. It's going to be new. It's going to be different. It's going to be, seem scary because your body doesn't know what's there. It's not prepared for it, but that's just preparing you to take that step into the fog. And when you step into the fog, it clears. You now map that terrain, you know yep. it's safe,
0: and you just keep expanding as yep. you go. In terms of, you mentioned earlier how um, you, you've done a lot of the courses with Joe Dispenza and whatnot. Yeah. Obviously, aside from people consuming your content, is there... Is there any uh, individuals or, or resources that you would recommend people go and check out? Maybe things that you even consume the content of on a daily or weekly basis that you find yeah. are actually helpful. Hundred um, percent. Like like you said, Joe Dispenza, I've pretty much consumed all of his live <laughs> trainings and pretty much
1: all of his books uh, and a lot of his audios. I've done a lot of uh, D Martini stuff as well. Doctor John D Martini. I've got a couple had him on the show not long ago. Yeah, he's great. he's great. I've got literally another couple of weeks of his training coming up in the next few weeks. Um, cool. I do a lot of study in hypnosis and, and NLP. So like anyone in that field, definitely, yep. you know, Tony Robbins is probably the well most well-known and the most mm. sort of gen pop level. You know, if people don't yep. want to get into techniques and stuff, he's going to get you started and he's going to he help me change my life when I was a teenager suffering with anxiety and not being able to leave yep. my bedroom and all that stuff. Um, some old time favorites, people like Bob Proctor. He got me really into awesome. a lot of stuff and, uh, you know, all the think and grow rich, all those real old school, you know, classics, they're classics for a reason. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of great stuff out there. And, uh, you know, there's, it depends on what field you're looking at. There's obviously people that are, I'd say, if you want business advice or you want mindset or you want, they're a little bit different, but they're a great amount of people to get started awesome. with. And they'll, they'll get you rolling for sure.
0: Is there, before we um, move on to wrapping up here, is there certain things that, uh, certain practices that are part of your day? Like I often ask a guest whether they have a morning routine or, or set, non-negotiables that they do day in day out to make sure they're operating at the highest level is there certain practices that are uh, non-negotiables for you 100
1: it's changed a lot over time and obviously if i'm traveling and not traveling that's changed a lot and i've just had a couple great months at home which has yep. been a first for me in a while um, other than when we first got locked down but getting back in that routine i just did a 10 week sort of routine where i was doing 15 minutes of conscious connected breathing meditation in the morning and at night and mm-hmm. just got through 10 weeks of that. So now I'm just dropping it back to morning. And so for me, getting up, walk with my dog, start the day, get outside, get in nature, get moving, is huge. Do some, some, some form of meditation, some yep. form of self-hypnosis. I'm really big on, uh, you know.
0: Like affirmation type
1: stuff. And reprogramming, you know, mental yep. imagery, visualization, uh, you know, getting myself to experience the things I want to experience in my mind to know they're real, to know that I can do them. And then just getting really clear on what I want my life and my day to look like then getting a priority list and, you know, planning out my day. I'm really big on training, you know, yeah. training is huge for me and getting moving as much as possible. I find the days where I'm either hit the gym or I go out and get some shots up or something like that. It's a completely different experience than the days where, you know, I'm stuck sitting in the chair. So I think movement is huge. Um, always get enough water in as well. And that's huge for me. So breathing, moving water, planning day out, yep. filling your mind with something, you know, that you find empowering that inspires you reading books, podcasts, you know, just filling your mind with new information. You know, one of the big things that sh- studies that show, you know, if someone can have a fulfilling life is the amount of novelty and newness and things that they're exposing themselves to, mm-hmm. even if it's going for a walk every day and seeing something different every time you walk, but new ideas, new concepts, helps you to create new neural connections, which will help you to get, you know, some dopamine and serotonin release, which will help you to feel you know, a little bit more fulfilled, a little bit more inspired, a little bit more excited each day. So, you know, something new every day um, in terms of information is, is big for yep. me as well. Uh, but they're the, they're the sort of main things. And, you know, cold showers and stuff like that is yeah, yeah. as well. And, you know, stretching depends on what time of day. Morning routine, nighttime, I like to unwind and stretch and yep. you know, do a few different methods. And it's changed over time, whether it's been patchy or, uh, you know, other f- forms of meditation. But I always have something in, whether yeah. or not it's that or
0: something different. Fantastic. Paul, it's been a great ch- chat, mate. I've really enjoyed it. Where can the the listeners find you? I obviously have the links to any of your socials and, and website and whatnot in the show notes, but um, where's yeah. the best place for people to consume your content?
1: Cool. Yeah. So obviously the socials just jump on and, and connect me there, but the website where you'll find most of the trainings that we offer at the moment is evolve and mm-hmm. um, We've got a couple other websites we're working on, like my personal one and all that is coming back. I'll probably do a podcast and stuff soon, but that's the one where you can find everything at the moment. And if you connect on socials, we'll obviously keep in the loop. We've got some free downloads that you can find in my link tree um, on Insta and all that kind of stuff, but also on Facebook. Uh, that's the, the best place to go. We're in the midst of like kind of redoing stuff for next year. So there'll be oh. new, pod, new podcasts and new um, you know, things to look at in terms of websites and stuff. But for now, evolve and relaunch.com, you can find .au and you'll find all our courses that are coming up and we offer them online as
0: face-to-face. So if you can't travel, it doesn't have to be a limitation either. Yeah, Brilliant. Paul, thanks again for joining me, mate. Um, I've really enjoyed it. And I I think the listeners would have taken a lot of value as well. So for everyone who has tuned in, we'd love for you to take a screenshot of this episode, share it on Instagram story for us, tag myself, tag Paul, consume some of his content. Um, If you have related with any of this, feel free to reach out to Paul. Um, And yeah, mate, we'll hopefully uh, get you back on at some point in the future. But thanks again. Cool, mate.
1: Loved it. Thank you so much for having me and look forward to talking to everyone soon. Keep evolving.
0: Awesome. Thanks, mate.